This is the Balanced Artist Podcast, where we help the purpose-driven creator's journey suck a little less and thrive a little more. Hosted by award-winning musician, TEDx speaker, and comedian, Rory Gardner. Who? We chat with experts who help level up your creative career by reframing your lifestyle as a balanced artist. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Balanced Breakdown. That's what I call this thing. This is like the recap episode after we talk to the actual guest so that we can suss out some of the value, some of the conversation we got with our most recent guest to see how you can apply it to your career as a balanced artist. Okay, the last conversation we had was with Crystal Shawanda, a good friend of mine who I have known for a long time. I don't, I don't like 10 years maybe. I don't recall exactly how long. But uh, she was, the first time I, I learned of Crystal, she was at the CCMAs in Vancouver, I believe. I was out there at the same award show, and she had a, a hit song on the radio at the time, You Can Let Go, one of the biggest country stars in the country. Then after some soul searching, she decided, you know what? I don't want to do country anymore. I'm going to go do some blues music. And that's what she did. She transferred over to the blues world. We've known each other a long time. We message a lot. Used to message more, but we have kids now. And kids take away all good things that we had once. In the past. Never mind. The point is, hey, Eva, what's up? I'm not sure, buddy. I have no idea where he's at. But I'm just recording something, okay? Can I... Who are you calling? I'm not calling anybody. I'm, I'm just recording a, a quick podcast. Um, hang on. Why is that? Uh, nothing. I'm just recording. I, I'll, uh, I'll see you when I'm done, okay? Okay. When, how, when are you done? Uh, like 10 minutes. Hey, Daddy? Yeah. I'm done cooking and I'm Okay, buddy. Well, okay. Bye. Do you see what I mean? I'm trying to record... A conversation here with like it's just I mean I love the kids I'm just saying there's interruptions and that's why Crystal and I no longer talk to each other as frequently as we did it's just kids take up a lot of energy and just t- okay moving on so the point is we had a good conversation we got into she one thing I brought from this was she talked about like fame like isn't it what you expect she went from bar gigs to festivals and like zero hits on radio to like a number one hit. And she explained it all happened so fast. Like you, so much is happening all at once. It's really hard to take it all in. In the constant press and travel, it becomes numbing and isolating because some days you just want to be alone, away from people. And I get that. I'm an introvert. I mean, I... I, I turn my extrovertedness on during performance, like when I want. Like it's like it's kind of like a tool, like a light switch. But for the most part, I really like my solitude. Like I like doing my own thing. I like working on my own thing. I don't know if those are introverted tendencies. I assume they are. Whatever. So once Crystal had all these eyeballs on her, like it was hard for her to become to do what she wanted, like to be experimental with her music. Like you have one hit, and now it's time to replicate that success again and again create something similar over and over and it's it's frustrating because sometimes you might be inspired to go outside the box but you can't because you're stifled by this radio thing you've heard of the radio right 
Is the radio still a thing? I know streaming's huge right now, but radio, like the program directors, they want to hear a specific thing. They have quotas to fill. It's kind of a pain in the butt when you're releasing music. But knowing this, like it might actually make you appreciate what you have right now. You know, you may not have a lot of eyeballs on your work right now, and that's not a bad thing because one day you will. And right now you can be experimental. You can try things. You can fail at things and no one really cares. Your, your mom is going to forgive you if you release something that sucks. Okay. But there's going to come a time when the world is looking at what you do and the world isn't as forgiving as your mom. So take this time right now to create whatever it is you want and however you want to create it. I remember I got to a similar place where I just, I was tired of trying to write songs specifically for radio just to try to appease the program directors. At that time, I had like my first kid around this time where I was like, you know what, I need to take a step back from country. I was watching a lot of Sesame Street. I was like, this music is garbage. I need to be able to listen to something better. And I thought, you know what, I can create something better than this. Whether that's true or not, at least I wanted to try and I was in the studio, like there, there are no children's radio stations. So I, re- I didn't feel stifled or I didn't feel like I needed to, to stay within a box so I could be experimental. And I just literally recorded the most fun <laughs> songs that I wanted in any format that I wanted. And I, I, it was the most fun I had in studio in probably, probably ever. And so much fun that I decided to record two more children's albums after that. My latest children's album, When I Grow Up, is available on all streaming platforms. Go download it. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. But enough about me. Back to Crystal. She was tired of trying to fit into this country box and needed, uh, you know, creative liberation. So she turned to blues music, which I believe is the music she grew up on. It can't be easy making a shift like that when so many people know you as one thing. And she talks on the show about how people message her and say, you know what, I like your country stuff better. (laughs) Who does that? Like, what kind of people? Anyway, but she's doing what she loves, and she's creating new fans in a genre where no one even knows she did country beforehand. It's amazing. She's, She's creating new waves. And it's scary going into uncharted territory. I remember I had defined myself as a country artist for so long, and then I decided to shift into comedy. I was, I was doing these theater shows, and in between songs, I'd be telling jokes, and you know, people are laughing, and I'm engaging with the audience, getting a real reaction from them. And I'm like, well, you know, this is more fun than singing the songs. Like, I couldn't wait to get through the song just so I could talk again in between the songs. So I thought, let's give this comedy thing a try. I chickened out doing that. I longed getting up on the comedy stage is is difficult. Anyone who's done it can attest that it's <laughs> trying to make people laugh is very hard to do. So what I did is I signed up for a contest. So that helped me, I had, you know, had to show up, it helped me accountable to show up to this thing. So I, I entered this contest, I enrolled, I showed up on the day of the contest and that was my first time ever on stage. And from that day on, I was hooked. All right. So I've been doing stand up comedy for I did seven plus years now. And I'm glad I decided to do that. It's a, it's a great part of my life, and I've loved every minute of it. Well, not every minute. There's there's nights where it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that another time. But the moral of the story is doing something new is hard because it's like unknown, and you don't know how you're going to be perceived by others. I remember for the first year, I, most of the time, I would just I wouldn't tell anybody that I was even doing comedy. I just go 
travel an hour and a half out of town to do open mics, <laughs> you know, in a place where nobody knew who I was, you know, I could do it more comfortably because I didn't feel like I was being judged by people who, you know, had heard my music or, or whatever. It was all in my head. No one cares. We all go through that, right? I know that now, seven years later, but we all have a hard time doing something new. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel that way, even when starting this podcast. I'm thinking like, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? I went through the same thing with the, like, as it turns out, I mean, there are people out there who find this valuable and relatable. That being said, go like our Facebook page or Instagram at Balanced Artist, or join the email list at thebalancedartist.com. We're building a community here, people. You know that familiar feeling you get, like the butterflies in the stomach when you're trying something new? That's actually a good feeling. And for a long time, I didn't have that in music. And then when I started comedy, I had that feeling again. I'm like, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. And every time I interview a new guest, there's a little part that's like, I don't know this person. I've never met this person. I'm kind of nervous to talk to them. I don't know why. They're just a human being. We're both talking. What if? I just know it's part of the process now. The moral of the story is, it's not fun pretending you're something you're not. So use this time to find what you want to make in the style you want to make it. Just create it, share it, get feedback, and do it again. This is a great conversation with my friend, Crystal Shawanda, and I encourage you to go take a listen to the whole episode because it's, Crystal's great. She's a a good hang, and you can get it on any streaming platform, the Spotify, the iTunes. However you listen to this stuff, you can probably get it there. If it's not too much to ask, can I get like a five-star review and rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts? Like, 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 Like leave a review, like just some kind words that say, oh my God, This is the best podcast I have ever heard in my life. Just because it helps us grow on the platform. Even if it's not the best podcast you ever heard in your life, at least just embellish a little bit. That's all I ask. It helps us grow. It's what tells Apple, hey, this doesn't completely suck. So I would appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And now that we've sucked the value out of the conversation with Crystal Shawanda, let's go to a segment which holds almost no value. I like to call it killing time with my friend and drummer, Kevin. I just want to say I prefer my bot subscribers. I don't want anybody with a real opinion. Bots are way less mean. I never thought of it that way. You really have no negativity that way. But you have all no. those good-looking numbers up there. Yeah, all the results and none of the yap back. What about on those lonely days, though, where you need some sort of a, a boost? So you just you let out this attention-grabbing post. A thirst trap? Is that what yeah. you're going for? I'm having a good day today. Send. Like, Wait for all the comments to come in. How are you doing? What's going on? Oh, nothing. I just, oh, okay. I just ran out of 2% milk. But we, you know, so she, uh, when you talk about influencers and stuff like that these days, the uh, or branding and things like that, they actually don't look at the numbers anymore. They actually look at engagement. It makes sense, especially when you can bot so many different things, right? Yeah, you can have like a million followers, but if 10 people are actually engaging with your stuff, then it's not as good. You get 5,000 with everybody engaging, it's better. Yeah, for sure. So apparently you can see those in the analytics now and stuff like that. So I um, so I make it a point now to like engage. Anytime I get a comment, even if it's just like an emoji, I'll send an emoji back. So it, the algorithm sees me engaging. Well, it's... It's good that you've just told your audience that you're not engaging with them because you like them. It's just about the algorithm. <laughs> well, no, if they have if it is a, a comment that requires in, you know engagement, like I, 
most of my stuff I post is like comedy. So I mean, the, the laughing emoji, like how do I respond to that? Right. I think I did my part. It's fair. If, if all they put into it is a single emoji, then all they get back is a single emoji. Right. If they write you a, a soliloquy, then maybe you'll have a more thoughtful response. Exactly. If they write me their life story, I'll, I'll respond with a laughing emoji. <laughs> when I was young, <laughs> growing up, I don't feel like my father really saw me. <laughs> Just stepping it up from the emojis to the deep stuff. It's okay. Yeah. Therapists everywhere are like, we can, we can help this man. We'll just do it through comments. <laughs> Speaking of therapists, I mean, so she's, she's found her happiness through blues. <laughs> I never thought. <laughs> can you be happy and do the blues? Like, because no, she lets out all her, her blues in the music, thus keeping her, you know, her, her well being well in the neutral zone. Well, it's worked for her, clearly. I mean, you and I have talked about uh, comedians that uh, that are less funny when they become happy, right? So it's good to know that not necessarily uh, blues artists have to be sad all the time. They can find some blues in their blue skies. It's just that she was like pretending, she didn't, and I felt this like in, in country, it's like you're basically trying to get a hit. And so you're you're putting yourself into this box just to try to sound like everybody else at radio. She didn't naturally sound like anybody else at radio. That's kind of what made her special. But her label was basically trying to put her in there. And that's kind of, you know, with anybody, in any career that sucks when you want to do one thing or you're naturally gifted at one thing, but they're kind of stifling that. Yeah, it's hard to find your own voice in, in any arena when everybody's like, yeah, be unique, be you, but then also be everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, so I heard her of her, her first single like was a smash. It was like, you can let go now, daddy. You can let go. She got like it's a really raspy voice, better than me, obviously. But it's uh, you need to record the face that you had to make to achieve that yeah. rasp. <laughs> There's a lot of muscles being contracted that I didn't even knew existed. So well, she was telling me like when she like she doesn't hang out after shows anymore because she, she'll lose her voice. Like and, she, and you know, and you get that when you when you're talking to a lot of people. Like we, it's, we, yeah, especially in loud places. Exactly, but it's like, and I'm asking, like, what does it sound like when your voice is dead? Because it sounds very like she was so much rasp in her natural voice. Like I can't imagine it getting any more. Uh, well, I'm sure it's just gone. It's already at like ninety percent. So any further, and it's just. I like just a hair of that. I sound like a discount Michael Bolton. Like I wish I had a little bit of a rasp just to like beef it up a little bit, but I have no. Oh, you know, it's not really in there for me. I'm sure you guys connected though on uh, like she's found herself through her voice and your most popular album was Be You. So Be You. Well, that, so that's what I, her most acclaimed album at least. I tried to write what everyone else wanted to hear and it wasn't really working. So I wrote a bunch of songs for myself, released an album called Be You and that was my first CCMA nomination. It was good that you changed the title from Screw You. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the industry wouldn't have appreciated that. Yeah, that was a good note. But I mean, if you know the people in the industry are a-holes, then BU is kind of an insult as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? U is synonymous with a-hole, yeah. Yeah, and she, we got it. My favorite part of the thing was when this, you can let go now, daddy, when that song was really big, and she, just, she was constantly being just, just bust from place to place and literally she'll play a show, she'll do meet and greet then the you know fall asleep next morning she's got a radio thing in the morning it's just like it was a whirlwind and she said basically at a point where she was hiding out in the back of the bus just like just like 
get her her space you know what i mean like when you're when you're being pulled in a bunch of different directions so, well, like parenting if you think about it sometimes you just need a minute yeah you might take it up just uh just to get some space anyway, she seems to be happy now we're doing these this blues thing it's a completely different market but she she feels like it's where she belongs it's a good way to pivot that's uh you know lots of people say if you've hit your peak then find a new curve right mm-hmm. making that pivot in the middle of your career i mean she even talked to me about like the she'll get people that are the, the messenger would be like i don't i don't like your blues music why can't you just continue to do country music they just got people in the blues world saying why why do you think you should be doing anyways it's you can't make anyone happy but the point is she had the courage to pivot in the middle of her career and i think you you did something like that didn't you yeah definitely i left running a company to go do something completely different, completely different industry. And, uh, and a lot of people told me that, uh, that they didn't, nobody tells you to your face that you're crazy. Like it's very different, obviously with music than it is with business in, in music, people feel an ownership of what you do in business. People are just like, Oh, you're leaving what we do. Okay. Good luck, I guess. And then behind your back, they're like, that guy's crazy. It's working out. So so they're crazy. People don't like to be challenged in what they're doing because they're doing what they're doing and they're continuing to do what they're doing. So if you challenge that, they have to think outside of what's available to them and, and actually make a decision on if they want to continue on the path that they're on. Right. So I find a lot of people don't want to hear about having their, their paths sort of opened up to them that people see that they're on a pretty narrow track quite often and they see how their next five or 10 years are going to play out. And, uh, and they don't want to see that they have a lot of choices in front of them. So if you say, hey, look, I cracked this wide open, all of these choices are still available to you despite what age you're at. People don't want to hear that unless they're ready to hear that. And then they appreciate hearing it. But most people aren't ready. Why don't they want to hear that? Would most people want to have options? I mean, everybody's told that the best way to be healthy is diet and exercise. But uh, until you're ready to hear it, you don't want to hear that. You're like, yeah, but do you have a pill, please? Like, do you have a, a quick fix for me or something that I actually want to do? You weighed your options before you jumped ship, right? You didn't exactly just, you know what? I'm out of here. You, 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 had, a, you had a plan. Yeah, I had a, a three-year preparation of leaving to be able to make sure I had the financial stability to be able to do it. So it was a, it was a long runway, which people also hate hearing. Like I can see them glaze over. They're like, Oh yeah, I'd like to do my own thing. I'd like to start my own business. And I'm like, cool. Well, here's what I did. I like lived a very boring life and spent no money for three years to make sure I was debt free and had a long amount of savings so that I could go a significant period of time without any income. And people are just like, yeah, Never mind. Here's a lot of. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. (laughs) You did the Gordon Ramsay thing for a while. It's Dave Ramsay, not Gordon. Gordon Ramsay (laughs) just yells at you in the kitchen. That's right. Dave Ramsay yells at you on the radio about how much money you spend. They both yell. It's it's consistent. (laughs) Yeah, I did a lot of cooking for three years to prepare me for leaving my job. But here you are in the flesh not cooking. That's all we've got for this episode of the podcast. We have new shows every week. So remember to hit subscribe and share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from becoming a balanced artist.